on the Spencer's the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Yeah, it is! Woo! And here he is, the last survivor of Zombageddon, Derek McCaw. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't like that. Brave. I'm not happy with this. Your brain. <laughs> no, no. If my brain goes, who will remember DC continuity? <laughs> Good point. Because you know Jeff Johnson. <laughs> so, in the zombie hawk, how do you what do you call that? Zombie Zombageddon. Zombageddon. Zombalips. <laughs> Zombalips. Hmm. Anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. A little nervous by that by that introduction. We are podcasting on a Thursday. We're finally back, people. It's been a couple weeks thanks to zombie viruses and so forth. We are podcasting on a Thursday night from. Elusive Comics, Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. But the go- zombies you got in there. Yeah, I know. For just a second. Thursday, June 11th. And so, it's been a while. We, we hope we can catch up on some news we might have missed and uh, news that's happening this week. Um, and, uh, of course, I've got a crack team of commentators here assembled. You know you can't use that phrase anymore. I'm on crack. I'm Michael Goodson. <laughs> yes, that's why. Oh, thanks. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, uh, a great team of commentators, Michael Goodson, and of course now having graduated and promoted from archivist to occasional commentator, and God knows what we'll use her for next year when she's in Los Angeles. I think she should do all the lighting for the podcast. She's doing our, our lighting designer useful. for the podcast. <laughs> Stephanie Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the table. I've never been more wonderfully lit. Yeah. That's <laughs> probably true. <laughs> No, I've seen you more wonderfully lit. Anyway, Anna Cross. Hey, Moral Compass, save us. I'm back from the dead, Rick Brett Snyder. <laughs> and three octaves lower, <laughs> yeah. Rick Brett Snyder. Well, yeah, baby, broadcasting on the fanboy planet. Would you Let me tell little, you about uh, the down south. Would you do a little, <laughs> little Barry White for us? Hey, baby. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got some... Comics news, a little movie news, some TV, we, and we keep talking about TV and more ideas keep coming, uh, and a little Comic-Con news as we get get going on our summer season, shall we say, of the podcast. But let's start with comics. One thing that, as Rick reminded me, the last time we podcast was, was it Baycon? That's it was the Bacon. last time we did that great live show. That was a lot of fun. And Battle for the Cowl had just ended. So uh, Who won? Oh, you, you didn't even listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. No. Dick. No, Dick. Uh, Grayson. Oh, oh I know him. Ba- won the battle for the cow. He's Batman now? A very logical. Oh, that's awesome. Which, uh, yeah. Um, so, Dick Grayson is now Batman. So, they've rela- they're relaunching basically all the Batman titles. Um, so, Panda Dio's gotten his wish and finally canceled Nightwing because there's no need for a Nightwing. Sure. Uh, so, he's now Batman in a book called Batman, written by Judd Winnick. <laughs> written by Batman. Written by Batman. <laughs> in uh, a book called Batman or Batman? Because there's. 
Batman. Yes. That's a book. 600, 700 yeah, issues. Yeah, that's the book called Batman. Okay. There's And he's Batman in that Batman. Yes. Okay. And then there's Batman and Robin. Sure. In which he is Batman. And who do you think Robin is? Tim Drake. Nope. And who's... Ooh. Who's Damien. The, who's the creative oh, yeah, team yeah, on that yeah, one? That was a rumor. Uh, that, that is Grant, Grant Morrison, Morrison and, and Frank Whiteley. Sure. And I think even... Everyone looks like they're made of oatmeal. So he got No, the, actually, somebody else is inking Whiteley, or he's changed his style, and it it is not... I, I was looking at this going, because huh, every time I see a Frank Whiteley book where I'm thinking, Goodson wants to read it, but I don't know if he wants to look, look at, at it. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so I'm, I'm really picky when I look at him. Like, like, he cha- he's changed his style up a little bit. Oh, it's a little okay. less doughy, no. a little less oatmeal-y. Sure. It's, funny, it's funny we get a, the all-star Superman team right. on Batman, Batman and, and Robin, Robin, but not all-star Batman and Robin. Well, I mean, no, 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 that book's terrible. We yeah, were making that joke that actually what DC's hoping is that you'll think that it's the same <laughs> book, and the hype will have brought you in to buy it and go, wow, this book it's really got better. better yeah. <laughs> it did. It's uh, Grant Morrison gave gave them a flying Batmobile because Damien said, "Well, logically, it's my dad's plans." You know, Damien's a real snot as Robin. It's kind of funny. <laughs> sure. He introduced uh, new villains based on uh, Animal Farm and Mr. Toad's uh, Wind of the Willows. So there's a Mr. Toad and a pig, a really creepy villain wow. based on the pigs from uh, mm. Animal Farm. And uh, and yet, in a strange way, it's bright, it's gaudy, it's like, as Grant Morrison promised, it's like what people thought the 60s TV show was when they didn't know it was ironic. Uh-huh. So it's it's really fun, really great opener there. And then Judd Winnick has the task of following up, <laughs> just like a Batman solo book, and which, in a weird pl- thing of uh, timing, they made... Um, it's actually like in, happening in between the last three pages of Battle for the Cowl, explaining why Dick Cray- Grayson decided to go ahead and put the cowl on. That seems an important Because apparently the three-issue miniseries Didn't never got around it. to telling oh, us that gosh. why that was. Oh, DC, will you ever change your ways? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought Winnick actually, you know, it's been a long time since I've read a book by Judd Winnick, and it's nice to kind of check back in on somebody that – had been a really hot writer for a long time, and then we kind of went, eh, he, everybody's so sarcastic. This is almost a sarcasm-free book. Ooh. And mm. I really felt like he really got into the head of Dick Grayson and Alfred. Alfred's grieving was handled really well. Because they, of course, don't know that Bruce Wayne is in a cave in prehistoric Australia right now. Of course. <laughs> of course. Why would they know that? It's not like he had his Batberry with him and texted them. <laughs> Heads up. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> going to be a while. Di- I'm in dream time. Uh, and as long as you're carrying the book and sales are good, I'm staying. Uh, so Loving writing on these walls. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the other book that launched this week is Red Robin, number one. And that's Tim Drake wearing the suit that was in Kingdom Come. So, sure. Um, and and is, was Tim Drake the Red Robin in Kingdom Come? No, it, I don't think they ever, ever said it was, it was Dick it was Grayson. Okay. It was Dick Grayson oh. in, in Kingdom Come. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Detective Comics would be taken over by Batwoman, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's Kathy Kane. And then the backup for that will be The Question, which will be Renee Montoya. And then somewhere there's supposed to be a new Batgirl, but I haven't. I don't remember where, which book it is. But um, so far from what I've seen at the relaunch, it's like, it actually has energy, and for the first time in any of these big crossovers, it feel, in a long time of these crossovers, it feels like, oh, something actually different is happening in 
the bat in the Batman stories. So Oracle and the Birds of Prey have that that all ended. Flew in the coop. Just they've yes, they've flew in the coop. Uh, Black Canary is uh, head of the Justice League, so she's busy right. there. Which that was a news thing we 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 should mention. Dwayne McDuffie, who'd been writing Justice League, got publicly fired from the book because on his blog he was complaining about all the interference he was getting editorially. Why he couldn't use this character, that character, what he'd wanted to do, but James Robinson had this. And so how his storytelling kept getting derailed. And so they went, we love you. Get out. <laughs> Publicly. Wow. Yeah. Well, they dragged him down to the street. And then they whipped him. Well, Microphone. You know, it, wasn't, it wasn't done quite. You know, it was, it, it, and they admitted. And they said it was because um, you are airing the dirty laundry. And so you continue working on Milestone. I think they went, and he's busy with other projects. Sure. Hmm. Uh, but... Uh, I missed that, and I was reading Justice League and thought there's something interesting happened there. They had Vixen, Jon Stewart, uh, Firestorm, and Hardware from the Milestone books, and I thought, you know, here it is. Oh, Hardware, that's an old one. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't been around. Well, Dwayne McDuffie was, is charged with bringing the Milestone characters back into the DC universe in the regular continuity, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, I mean, he achieved what everybody keeps saying they want to do is he's, he's got the Multicultural Justice League actually achieved nobody seems to be paying attention to it having happened organically nobody's complaining vixens in the book and mm. and then they fired him so yeah. yeah len ween apparently is back on so a writer from way back when will be taking over so anyway so that's mm. big doings in the dcu i don't know what's happening to the rest of birds of prey zinda the black uh the black hawk not explained uh, Oracle, I don't know. Did you read that Oracle miniseries? I did not. We just I looked at the covers. Just looked at the covers. Yeah, and apparently it didn't change anything or make any new status quo. So mm-hmm. yeah, who knows there? But the books I've seen from this relaunch, really good. What I went on, you've you've been reading the new uh, Batman and Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And how's uh, Grayson doing? Having to deal with the cape now. He's di- he's he seen- finds it cumbersome. They haven't really made a big deal of it yet. Yeah. In fact, the bat, the Judd Winnick Batman issue really ends with him actually putting Put it on. on. So you don't know. I mean, that'd be he's been years. That'd be the next issue. Yes. Robin cape. Yes, so. it but I like the I like the change of the dynamic. He sees himself more uh, as trying, you know, both trying to keep the legend up, and and it's more obviously more of an act than it was for Bruce, but also seeing himself as the teacher. I think there's, and I, I think Morrison's going to pick up on this is that idea that you know here's the adopted son and here's the real biological son and if I don't know if you read much of the Batman R.I.P. stuff, mm-hmm. Damien is such a snot about yeah. being Bruce Wayne's mm-hmm. actual son that you know I have a feeling there's going to be a Batman and Robin fight, <laughs> like sweet a little, a little smackdown, I mean just slap fight, a little something, yeah, a little hiss and tickle, maybe except Damien's yeah. going to pull a knife because he always does. <laughs> um, he believes in killing. Sure, has no problem. Well, with who that. doesn't? Okay, that was a visual. Anyway, um, so also this week, the first of the of the I can't really call them double features, but where DC has raised the price and raised the page count on their books and giving a backup story as a regular regular base. The first one to come out is the Booster Gold, and with a Blue Beetle backup. And I guess the theory there, I don't know how well the Booster Gold book has been selling, but it is sort of an unofficial blue and uh, blue and gold back together again uh, kind of thing. And I guess if you bring the Blue Beetle fans. The forty that were left, and put yeah. them in. And I, I read that book when it first came out for about the first twelve issues, I guess, and then it's gone. Yeah. Booster Gold. Yeah, 
Yeah. No. Yeah. It was good. Still, uh, when, when Jeff, it. when Jeff, yeah, when Jeff Johns was writing, it was really good, and then and they actually turned it back over to Dan Jurgens, and Jeff Johns had moved the character forward, evolved Booster Gold into somebody else, and then the Booster's creator, Dan Jurgens, got to take over writing and Reverted. went right back to where <laughs> he was. The last couple of issues, I think somebody has said. Uh, by the way, Dan, remember he now has a whole different motivation. Uh, now, mm-hmm. could we get back to that, please? Remind. So it's it's kind of shifting back, and the backup for Blue Be- for Blue Beetle was pretty good. I'm assuming because of the popularity now on the animated Brave and the Bold that uh, Blue Beetle's going to attract some attention finally. Okay, again, because little kids want to read it. Speaking of Brave and the Bold, Wait did, you, did you see the? Uh, it is the new Blue Beetle. It is Jaime Reyes. Okay. Yes. So what happened to the old Blue Beetle? Because they brought him back. Oh, in Booster Gold. In Booster he was Gold. there for a while. and then uh, For a few issues, but he realized that it was causing damage to the time stream, so he sacrificed himself again. I he willingly that. went back to that moment of Never his death. Okay. So, although, but not before, not a, until they had established that this descendant or whatever person, the Black Beetle, is going to be a major um, antagonist for the Booster Gold series. Okay. So... Yes. Did you see the uh, the Batmite episode of the Brave? I have Bold? not yet watched the Batmite oh, episode of Brave episodes? and the Bold. Mm. Yeah. New, oh man, I've been missing. Yeah, it was very good. Several. I, Jonah Hex is going to be tomorrow night's uh, full. I've got to go episode. back and reprogram my TV. I actually started watching that this week. And what did you yeah. think? It's very fun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I find it to be fun, but completely wrong for the character of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Batman's a total ass in that show, <laughs> and I just think, well. That's not the Batman I like. Well, you don't like his new I, inner monologue, then, right? I don't like, uh, you know, the guy from the Drew Carey oh, show. Stop! Doing, you and my wife oh, finally agree on it something. It's true. Um, You're an ass. No, she. But anyway. <laughs> oh, was that uh, directed at me? No. Um, yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we should move on. Yeah, we'll get back to Brave and the Bold later, and you can tell me other things. <laughs> uh, another launch this week: uh, Buck Rogers number one, which we had. On air, Lon had reviewed Buck Rogers number zero. That was the 25 cent issue. Was that a sight unseen review, though? No. no. Oh, he, he actually, actually read it? He actually you know, read all it. eight pages? Great. And uh, I thought his, after I'd had a chance to read it, I, I agreed with his assessment. It was an interesting take. They, they went to the end of Buck Rogers' career, and so they basically told his they final, told final story. And then it said, okay, now we're going to rewind all the way back. And um, after what I thought was a bold 25 cent get us into it this issue one gives us far less information far less uh intriguing uh story than what they gave in the shorter cheaper book yeah and i mean basically all they established was that you know he's from the present day somehow he's gotten into the future he doesn't know it yet and if you know who wilma deering is then you know that he is that the woman he is talking to is wilma deering but about it hmm. and it's actually almost like they decided they watched that south park episode where cartman went into the future and was kidnapped by the was it otters you remember that one he wanted the we and he, oh yeah wow, your memory's very bad because i watched it with you shocking really you're amazed that i can't remember that <laughs> where they did the whole Parody of the Buck Rogers the, television the show opening, bit, the yeah. spinning. And sure, sure. No, no, the no. The time running back. I'm sure it happened. <laughs> in those old <laughs> 70s digital numerals. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. It seems like a dream I had many years ago. But uh, <laughs> So how are you so sure 
that the brave and the bold Batman isn't the one you like if you can't remember these things. Sir, I know Batman. <laughs> and Dirk, whatever his name, Diedrich he is Bader. no Ben. Diedrich Bader. Who cares? Uh, I like him. Anyway. Um, and it, You and, would. I would. I do. Uh, but anyway, that's what, what it feels like is that is that uh, kind of the menace that they that said, I, th- I thought was just a little bit borrowed from the South Park episode, and I thought that was kind of odd. Yeah. So um, I might, I think I'll buy a, another issue. I'll give it my, what is usually my three issue tryout, but I'll count the zero issue as, as a try number one. As number one, then see what happens at number two if they don't kind of move it forward and explain something concretely. Yeah, I flipped through number one and I just I put it back. I liked the art. I, I thought uh, that was kind yeah. of, that was that was good, but um, I was disappointed in after what I thought was a great yeah this is going to be a great series and then it was kind of went eh. so yeah. um, one that we were excited about uh, IDW is going moving into a com- a combo company that has recently been doing very well by licensing they've got Transformers they've got GI Joe they've got uh, Doctor Who. Um, I can't, who was Star Trek, of course. Star Trek, yeah. And now they're moving into reprinting uh, classic sci-fi in prose form. In prose form, yes. So moving, which I think is addressing probably the people that would want to read the classic sci-fi. About the same number of people that go into comic book stores on a regular basis, so it makes sense. Starting this week with a book called uh, Dare, Dare by Philip Jose Farmer. So a classic Philip Jose Farmer novel. And a great author, one obviously Rick and I love because of the Doc Savage and Tarzan connection, among other things. I've read almost everything he's written. Great. Love. Great author who, if you walk into a Barnes & Noble or a Borders, you cannot find on the shelf. It's rare to find him, but you can. And he's still orderable, but uh, not not usually stocked. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, well, those places where you can find the used, it's nice to have somebody publishing these new. I think they also got Philip, I want to say it was. Philip K. Dick, they bought his library as well. So they, they're converting his, they're like doing like we did this too with King. They're converting no, the no, novel. No, it's just they're just reprinting the novels. It's just the novel. In, in a comic book. No. no. In fact, I, I saw the thing on the shelf and I thought, oh, there's a comic book version of Dare from IDW. That's interesting. And I opened it up and it was prose. And I go, well, I've already got this book at home, so I really don't want to pick it up. Unless they make some kind of commitment to doing like all the works, and then so they're then. chopping up a novel into twenty-two. No, 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 it's, it's a, a novel. paperback okay. book. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I haven't seen it. Well, why don't you go around the corner? Bye. All right. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I do, would you leave in a bigger huff, please? Did you notice how many pages? How many? Uh, how much it costs? I did not. Yeah. I because I thought, oh, I'd like to get that. Except it's I just have my budget for my comics this week, so yeah. I didn't pick that up. And uh, but I but I'm, I'm I may I it's one I haven't read by Philip Jose Farmer so uh, definitely excited by that as as just a movement in general let's get these one of the most creative find. science fiction writers uh, there were he died recently and um, mm-hmm. story at a lines, very ripe age ninety eight or ninety nine yeah um, um, his storylines are are always uh, interesting evocative of uh, social changes and. Uh, exploring differences in sexualities and um, he was really quite groundbreaking in terms of that. Yeah. And Goodson started to walk back, and I don't know what drove him away. Yes, um, and when we said the Doc Savage and Tarzan connection, for those listening, is he's a heavy influence on Alan Moore, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Wold Newton Wold saga. Calling that there the, you go. The, the, the Wold Newton, <laughs> or what is now being called as literary, as literary movement, Wold Newtonism. Yeah. Uh, the idea that everything that is fictional. 
is tied together uh, so, so that Doc Savage and Tarzan were actually distant cousins. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is in there. And as basically is happening with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, yeah, and Alan Moore has picked up that idea that it basically everything that was fictional coexists in the same in reality. Uh, yeah. So League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a follow-up of that. Uh, but even there have been other people that have done it. 7% Solution, yeah. you know, the Sherlock Holmes, Sigmund Freud. Well, Sigmund Freud wasn't fictional, but still that bringing that over. Um, it's 15 bucks. 15 bucks. Well, okay. you know, it's uh, 150 it's a, pages. It's a large, uh, large size paperback, though. It's, it's a book. A, yeah. Which is what we were trying to tell you. <laughs> You're talking about reprinting from a comic coming. I'm like, it's a comic? I, I, I know. Well, okay. that's, it's that's what it is. Prose, it's all right. It's noting. 22 pros, pages. And pros, <laughs> pros typically means and, words only. Right. Uh, speaking of <laughs> this idea of tying all fictional universes together, Vertigo has launched a book. I was having a conversation, actually, with Steve, the Steve, the manager here at Elusive. Yes, Steve. And um, he was talking to this DC rep. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Well, I will. Uh, that said, you know, after Fables, it's like Vertigo is still kind of looking for, now the 100 Bullets is coming to a close. Uh, they're looking for the next big hit. They, the Sandman, you know, they had that, obviously, and that's great reprints. But what's the new series that's going to bring people back in to? They do this every time, though. I mean, they did the same thing with Preacher. When Preacher <laughs> ended, they were looking for the next big Right. And, when they, and they're at this point again where Fables has gone on a certain amount of time. It's That's nice, but there's nothing really backing it up. And I'm thinking that this series that just came out uh, a month ago, the first issue, uh, The Unwritten. Did you pick that up, Rick? I did. And they did the brilliant thing. The first issue, full size, was only a dollar. It was really good, too. And it was really good. And the second issue came out this week, so I, I did buy it. You'll get mm-hmm. a chance to read these. And really interesting premise yeah. of basically nice a, a character. Yeah, I like the art. A character like Harry Potter, a series of popular children's books. A personal books. discovery story. Yes. Uh, is slowly discovering that basically in the act of writing fiction, we are bringing all these fictional places into reality. And again, I'm going to South Park. The Imagination Land three-part. Remember that one? <laughs> sure. The idea. I do. You do. Oh, <laughs> fabulous. Do you, Stephanie? What? Uh, yeah, it was three I parts. I to see if you were still awake. Uh, <laughs> so um, <coughs> the idea that these fictional places have as much influence and as much sense of reality to them as the places that are actually real Um and there's slow. Uh, it's very clear that some sort of battle or war is building to keep this guy, Tommy Taylor, this character, from really understanding the nature of fictive, rea- fictitious reality. I, I you know, so, and surprisingly, not written by Grant Morrison, hmm. Hmm. nor Brian K. Vaughn. No, that guy seems to write all of the uh, it, epic tales. It's now. by Mike Carey, who had done the Lucifer series. Does all the Neil Gaiman. It does the Neil Gaiman adaptation, so very much uh, along the lines of, I think, where Neil Gaiman has been exploring. Yep. It has potential. It has a lot of potential. I like the art. Um, I like the story. It's, it's I hope that the Vertigo audiences are literary enough to um, to grow on it, because I know you you and I would have been right there with all the storytelling aspects of it and everything, but... And I'm hoping, like, the Sandman people. And well, I think they will because for exactly that reason. The, the, the Vertigo books, I mean, Vertigo has a rotation. It, it's like, to me, it's split in two. You've got, like, fables. You've got Sandman. These things that are whimsical but dark. What is really dark fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have things like Scalped it's like the heart and 100 Bullets that are hardcore yeah. crime. That's, a, that's Why the Last Man. 
and and they aren't as popular. It's the whimsical, the dark fantasy things. And I think the unwritten falls in that. Not that they haven't done other like the exterminators, great mm-hmm. underselling book that they had about the guy fighting this race of mutated cockroaches and it involved Egyptology. Really cool book, um, but got canceled after uh, twenty eight. I mean, they had a, a decent run. Yeah. Hundred bullets made it to a hundred issues, um, but it's not. It's not like spoken of as a like a perennial seller. Those are a little more niche. Whereas, as we know, fables has become like the end, the gateway drug for comics. Yeah, but as you went right into now. this, you were you were saying they're looking for the next, the next big, big breakout. Thing, and I think the unwritten but Jack of Fables isn't that next big thing. No, it's adjunct. It's adjunct, I mean, and I don't think it's as strong. Dog leg over there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. As I'm in the middle of the great fables crossover, it's very mm-hmm. interesting that between the book Fables and Jack of Fables. They actually, in the crossover, switch so the Jack of Fables story is being told in the regular Fables book, and all the other Fables are being told in Jack of Fables. And I don't know why they're doing that. That's that like just an it's, odd it's like they're thing? recognizing the the media as a place to exist. And yeah, they just moved. They changed places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the nature of yeah. the storyline is they've got that they're fighting this guy who is who can rewrite reality, um, but. I was just—I was going. Wait a minute. Why is Jack? Oh, okay, how head hurting? Am I looking for something? Big? After reading the whatever happened in the Cape Crusader, the Neil Gaiman story, there, uh-huh. I feel like I'm, I'm looking for what's the metafictional element, and you know, <laughs> it, when is Jack going to realize he can save the multiverse with a song? <laughs> that was Final Crisis. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so that's uh, Neil Gaiman continues to blow your mind. He does. Uh, yeah. He was on the Colbert Report like a month ago. Yeah, a very good episode. Yeah, talking about his book. Talking about he, he was not. I've never heard him speak. I've only read oh. a variety of stories. Oh, that's right. You weren't with with me that time we no. so it, met him. Yeah. It, it was just like this guy's not at all what I expected. It. Oh no, wait, he's weird. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> and he, he announced he this week uh, that he's dating the lead singer of the Dresden Dolls, Amanda Palmer. Sure. Mm. Yeah, so there's a little weird crossover, which was weird to some of us who thought he was married. And I say, not in this divorce. reality. Not in this reality. <laughs> no, there's right. a shift. That part got rewritten. Oh, it's retcon. It's, it's, it's possible. They've <laughs> achieved it. They've gone to. Oh my God, they're meguses. Anyway, um, let's talk about movies, shall we? Let's. Um, yeah. So a piece of casting that was announced last week that uh, we didn't get to talk about, but that I am all for uh, for the Thor movie. Uh, we talked about the guy who's playing, who plays George Kirk in Star Trek, is going to play Thor. Right, another British actor whose name is totally escaping me, but is in the Wallander series with Kenneth, with director Kenneth Branagh, uh, is going to play Loki. Okay, and I got Warner Brothers just sent me Wallander, so I'll be watching that and be able to talk about that next week, and maybe talk about that guy's performance. Did that look like a good Loki or not? Um, but then it got leaked that Brian Blessed, Voltan, King of the Hawkmen. We'll be playing Flash, Flash. You know Ming's law. Uh, we'll be playing Odin, and I can't imagine a better choice. <laughs> and yet, so many people are commenting. Well, I guess if you wanted to be Shakespearean, and I'm like, he's pulled the wings off before. Yeah, have you have you read an issue of Thor? How it's all fake Shakespearean? <laughs> it's yeah. like fairly where Volstag, one of the Warriors Three, is Falstaff. I mean, you know, so. That's why they chose Kenneth Branagh, so I can't think of a better casting choice for Odin. Movie's looking up. It, it, well, I'm hoping. More so than G.I. Joe. Has anyone seen that Stinkfest trailer? 
Okay, I, I well, thank you for bringing that up. I didn't write that down. Sure. But well, Alon's not here, so we should definitely talk about. We it. We should definitely talk about it. Now, I can't. I did see that. If you're talking about the one where there's like the Baroness robs the bank and the two guys in the mm-hmm. accelerator suits go in, and that looks oh. so freaking lame. I can't even. Or they're running along the street, and she yeah. fires the missiles at them. I think that's one of the things okay. that I was in the in the one of the that was in a trailer from a couple of weeks ago, though. Well, we haven't. Okay, we sure. Been together to talk about yeah. that piece of crap. This is accelerator <laughs> suit. What does it accelerate? Well, you, you, <laughs> and Duh. and by the way, it's designed to completely eradicate the differences in your appearances, thereby making so licensing and marketing almost impossible. Um, so, uh, yeah, the rumor was, and apparently it's been in the last 24 hours, flurry, denial, uh, confirmation, denial, confirmation, denial, is that uh, they did a test screening uh, two, three days ago. and Smells like crap. Uh, not only smells <laughs> like crap, fired the director and said, you are banned from the editing room wow. and wow. we're going to try and save this film. Now, I'd like to remind you. It's now a 15-minute short. Who the director <laughs> is, Stephen Summers, uh, responsible for, well, yeah, I know, Michael is right now giving me the look of blank, and I expect the look of blank because I don't expect you to know that. Thighmaster? But when I mention what movies he did, you'll understand. Cringe horribly? Um, yes, this would be, uh, we are talking, The Mummy. Which I actually kind of yeah. liked. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the the second one, The Mummy Returns. Yeah. And um, Van Helsing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> the one that made... That made uh, Spit take with no drink? <laughs> the, the one that made Underworld look like Shakespeare. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I, I, I know there was something else in there that... Uh, some other movie he directed that I was like, wow, that was a piece of crap. Crap fest away. Uh, you know, so... The fact that he got to work again. Now, again, the denial has been issued. It showed up on producer Don Murphy's uh, blog last night, the firing. And today, depending on which website you go to, different people associated with it are saying different things. The reality is, Scapegoat. Somebody needed to scapegoat. The the simple truth is... The common thread is, this movie sucks. <laughs> the common thread <laughs> is, and while executives are going, we are very pleased with the results, and yet, really, why are you firing in the editing room <laughs> <laughs> and desperately trying to save something? And I think one of the things is, and, and if Lon were here, he'd say the same thing, is that it's very obvious from what little I know about G.I. Joe that the core thing that makes it fun is everybody looks different and weird and has yeah. different names and different abilities. Yes. And you put them all in black suits that make them super strong and super fast. That's not G.I. Joe. Exactly. At best, that's a weak challenges of the unknown. The only way that works is if they've got the operating Joes and they're all different and strange and somebody comes in and forces these suits on them and they find out that they are more effective without them. Like in the first X-Men movie when Wolverine's like black leather and yeah. complains about that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yes. Um, so I, I – I, My heart hurts. Let's, let's skip it, people. For people that love G.I. Joe, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so well, sorry luckily It's nice you. that you have that compassion inside you, but I'm like, fuck it. Channing luckily Tatum they're... is in there. <laughs> what? Isn't Channing Tatum in that movie? Yes, that yeah. would be. He is playing Duke Channing Tatum, who was a step up. Is that what he was in? 
I think. Yes. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> See, we've got the uh, we've got the high school. Well, not the high school girl anymore, but the the teen Pre-college. girl perspective, <laughs> um, in which yes, for three years I've been battling people talking about what a great actor Channing Tatum is based on he's so hot in this dance movie Step Up. <coughs> uh, I've never actually seen it. That's all right. Yeah. Derek has. No, I have not. Oh my God. Uh, you just said he was so hot in that movie. That, no, that is what people have told oh. me. Uh, that's what he was repeating. If I could have playback, if Rick would yeah, you also yeah. double as court reporter? <laughs> You're wrong, Michael. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Could I have that as just a little loop to play? Uh, <laughs> I disagree. The, the thing about G.I. Joe fans right now is you know, everyone's looking forward to the movie, and if you... I don't know if, who's looking forward to the movie. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> in general, people were saying, oh, there's a G.I. Joe movie coming out. Maybe they don't know, they don't know how bad it's going to be, but... G.I. Joe Resolute, again, was a great G.I. Joe movie. A uh, mm-hmm. wonderful ha- hour and a half to um, to spend watching all the great characters. and That's on DVD. Uh, I, it's I on imagine it's going to be on DVD yeah. in, 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 in time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I have not seen any announcements about it being released on DVD, but it is on the G.I. Joe website. G.I. Joe Resolute. Resolute. Yep. Written Google by Warren today. Ellis. I know him. Yes, you do, and you like him. Sure. I mean, I don't know about personally, but you know, no, I've never you've enjoyed his work. <laughs> yeah, no, so I love uh, the way you have to tell him, and you like him. Yeah, oh, I, I do. do. Yes, get the bunny. <laughs> Look, when I've had to go over, he South writes Park, planetary. Shut up. <laughs> which, by the way, the artwork's done. The Final last issue? issue of Planetary will be released in 2010. The thrilling conclusion. <laughs> I don't even remember a need for it. Uh, <laughs> and then the, the next week will be the trade. Previously, well, a lot of stuff you no, don't remember. Ab- absolutely, because they're excited in the, in the halls of D.C. because they can finally release the last trade paperback. Yay, <laughs> Yay! money! The story has an ending. Yeah, but they need to trade right now because it's been so long since the last couple of issues. Nobody remembers them. <laughs> well, so they, they can release the, the absolute Planetary now is, is, Ooh, is the goal, man. which I I just got a shiver. I yeah. might have to have. <laughs> Not buying any of the trade suddenly pays off. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. The, so the absolute annotated planetary. Ooh. Could it be annotated? Oh, it could be annotated. Oh, oh man, there's so much and, annotated. And Rick thing. and I would volunteer for the job. Yep. <laughs> sort of. Yep. Yes. Can I can I just interject one other yeah. thing? Since Lon's not here, I'd like to yeah. just briefly take advantage of this moment. Uh, I read Lon's Hangover review. Did you see Hangover with him? I did see the Hangover with yeah. him. So Lon's review is correct. I just saw it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That the funniest part of that film was the last thirty seconds where they're showing the photos. You know the photos, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to throw my congratulations, my kudos, my uh, now, I, now I my compliment to, out to I Lon. honestly have to ask And now now that I know that he won't hear this, it's just so Now that I have to I have to ask though. Lon wrote something that I considered controversial <coughs> in that review which I then made a comment that and nobody emailed me about. No, 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 I read your comment. I forget what it was. Which was that Lon said that the problem with the hangover was that the stakes of having to get back in time for a wedding. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Written by a man who's never been married. Lives at home with his mom. <laughs> no, he doesn't no, live no, no. with his mom. No, that's not true. Lon's a bit of a player. Let's just go. Sure. Think it's an okay sure. thing to say. Okay. He's a player. He is a player. Uh, and has clearly right. not, not um, either watched the television series Bridezilla or actually been to a wedding in which mm-hmm. Bridezilla walks sure. the earth. Yeah. Um, and I have been to many of those, and I'm thinking, if... The groomsman called the bride three hours before the wedding and said, yeah, it's not going to happen. As that's not a spoiler because that's the beginning of the movie. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm going, the stakes are pretty high for me having 
dealt with women before. <laughs> you know? Sure. So I just let's ask our resident expert. Your future husband calls you three hours before the wedding and says, "Sorry, honey." Actually, his friend calls and says, "Sorry, honey, we can't find him." Is that a bigger deal than uh, your fraternity has been closed and all of your grades won't count? And you're or you kicked sent out? a breakup <laughs> tape to a girl? Was that yes, the other one? Road trip. Road trip. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm I just d- saying on the scale, I think Lana's correct. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, on the scale. Lana on the Stewart? scale. I, uh, okay. okay. You, you can you can debate his premise. I'm just saying within the concept of his premise, he was right. I thought the movie. I thought his his analysis. He set up a straw man f- argument. I know. I thought his analysis of the film was correct. I I'd like thought- to invite everybody to pause this now. Go read Lon's review and then come back, <laughs> and it'll all make sense. Thank you. Sure. At, at fanboy www.fanboyplanet.com or at moreinlife.com. No, if you want to read it edited and grammatically correct, you read it at <laughs> fanboyplanet.com. With correct citations. I tried, Lon. <laughs> I know. Uh, but that's why he gives them to me, so that somewhere, you know, that's why Michelle writes for me, too. Uh, so that somewhere he Garcia. looks like he knows how to write. <laughs> so, anyway. What's next? Oh, but I didn't get any fan mail. What did was I got a letter from somebody saying, love your work. I saw some guy on a... Stardust board using the the handle MC Stardust. I hope he's not causing trouble for you. And so I'm not really sure if that was an odd spam. <laughs> Is that to you or yes, or to Lon? To me. Hmm. So the odd. Uh, that's the weird. Uh, this is the letter I got. This I've been week. meaning to tell you, Derek. My name is MC Stardust. Oh no! And I've been causing all kinds of problems on the internet message boards. I, I don't know. I don't. I gave him your phone number. Sometimes I don't understand guy. the internet. This podcast has gotten very strange, right, and that's moving, okay. I'm enjoying moving right that. along. What's next? Moving right along is Megan Fox because this week we we got and now I, I we got a, an exclusive this week. Hell was, yeah, we did. Which was yeah. photographs from the red carpet of the of the world premiere of Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. All mm-hmm. thanks to Michelle. And Michelle Saman, shout out. We found some time to get in there and uh hopefully this is not the last. This is the first time he's kind of had that breakthrough into the press list in Tokyo, which is very hard to get onto and what it ended up being was we're the only site in the United States that I could find of the usual geek sites that Cool. Had photos wow. of from the red carpet, so we had. Michelle, I take back at least thirty percent of the awful, awful, awful things I've said about you. But to be fair, you've said them to his face. True. <laughs> I, I mean, with a face like that, <laughs> so Michelle no. knows. Um, and, <laughs> and I, you know, I should say also, and I wish I could remember the name of the play. He is executive producing uh, a a. Play, which is getting a lot of attention in the Japan. The marriage of Bet and Boo. No, uh, it's about uh, it's about the the uh, Japanese relationship with Afghanistan. So uh, apparently, it's like a pretty controversial, pretty heavy piece of work. And he's because he's been kind of. It's called an inconvenient marriage. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I wish I could remember the name of it. I'm so sorry, Michelle, that I can't. But you will write to me and tell me so that next week I will have that. And, uh, and not it, say it, it opens the in a week. And uh, yeah, but 
it's in Tokyo, and he's acting in it and producing. And so do we uh, say break a leg? Or? Break a leg. I think we're safe to say that. Break okay. a leg. Because he's acting in it. He does have a small small role in there. Okay. Because he's been carving out, you know, he's been playing sumo wrestlers and commercials and, sure. and had a little career He posts the best he's videos on his Facebook page. Do you see the one with all the guys dancing to Smooth Criminal? I did not watch that. It's all these guys in, in long, um, you know, Saudi Arabian dress and stuff, and the smooth criminals <laughs> worked into the background as if it was what they were really dancing to. It's hilarious. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't tell people that, you know, if there's other Saudi listeners, he's dead now. So um, first you have to become Rick's it's on his, friend. It's on his Facebook page, know, dude. Yeah. Then find Michelle through him. Actually, I reposted online. Okay, there we go. If you are Rick's friend on Facebook. Um, anyway, so among the people that were photographed there were uh, Megan Fo- was Megan Fox. Uh, who we missed a little thing where she uh, mentioned that she thought Wonder Woman was a stupid character, didn't understand what's this all about the lasso of truth and, and an invisible jet. I mean, who sure. does that? Dumb character. So even if she were asked, she would not play that role. Sure. She, she's dead to me. She's dead. I thought I thought that would be your reaction, Rick. Yeah. However. Now as, I no longer love her for her mind. As Yeah, I read something about this. She's got a Shakespearean quote on her shoulder from King Lear. And apparently it's not only misquoted, but when you take it out of context, it's, you you lose the fact that it's actually a very bittersweet, melancholy statement. Sure. It's, it's like something oh, – I wish I could remember this. That it's like we shall, we shall look at gilded butterflies, which is what Lear says to Cordelia as he's saying, when we're put in prison – Together, at least, we'll be isolated together. Yeah. And then Cordelia is taken off stage and hanged. <laughs> so it's sort of like I don't think Megan Fox read that ending no. uh, when she when she put that on. It was in the tattoo book. I don't think she read much of it other than the tattoo book. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so, but lucky Brian Austin Green and at Stephanie point she may be dead to you, but however, Stephanie did point out that uh, she's on. Is it she on the cover of Entertainment Weekly or? Yes, I believe so. She's on the cover of Entertainment I Weekly. Have it in yes, my she bag. is. You have it in your bag. Yeah. Props. So even as lighting, we promoted to lighting designer. You're still working as archivist. It's fantastic. I said, what did I? I wrote to you today. I said she should be our lighting and prop props. Yeah. And props. There we go. Look at that. Man, she's got lousy mm-hmm. posture. She, she does. does. She all, does. All slouchy there her? with her. There was this picture is of that her in Jonah Hex, and she's wearing a okay. corset. And her is the picture of Jonah Hex in yes, there? So it is. find that. Okay. So the point is, she is playing a prostitute in Jonah Hex. Big stretch. And um, whoa, defamation! Is that her name? Oh, I'm Big sorry. Stretch. Big Stretch. <laughs> Which pictures of Josh Brolin as Jonah Hex came out, and there they were is, really right there. there we go. Look at, look at that. Look oh at that thin goodness. waist. She has been corseted to within an inch, <laughs> literally, of her life. I can't look. Holy! Oh, but yeah. uh, she's not going to run yeah. very far. <laughs> no, but I. This, this, It'd be a shame if she did. Her bosom would all be heaving and sweaty and stuff. Then she'd pass Ew. out. <laughs> yeah. I just feel. Ew. Little, I just feel a little bad. What? <laughs> Anyway, so we're, you know, at least she's gonna. We may redeem herself by being in. J- sure, in no, no, no. Hex. She's got a good career ahead of her. Maybe. Is what you're saying that's all right. Not maybe. as Wonder Woman, although yeah, no, no, Josh. Maybe she'll re- re- revive herself to you because of her role in Jonah Hex. Okay, which they, they leaked pictures of Josh Brolin <laughs> as Jonah Hex this week or last week, and uh, it looks very good. Are they doing a real makeup or a CG? It's real makeup. They were just okay. they were casual shots, like in an. It's like they caught him coming out of an alleyway and the scar and you know. You, you yeah. know, I, I accidentally I didn't mean to have like a Josh Brolin marathon, but I watched uh, W and uh, Milk back to back. That guy's that guy's excellent in mm-hmm. everything I've seen him in. Josh Brolin, The yeah. Goonies. Did you consider him 
Excellent in the Goonies? Was he in the Goonies? Yeah, he was in the Goonies. I didn't, I didn't I'm not, I'm he, not mocking him. Is he Chunk? No. He's not Chunk, no. He's a little Asian kid? <laughs> yes. No? Uh, Data? He's a redheaded girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's... He's he, the oldest kid in the Goonies. He was excellent. <laughs> was he? Yes, he I is. I thought that guy was a hobbit. No, 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 no that's the middle. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Clearly, we need to have a Goonies fest. Goonies oh fest. Oh my Goonies Good enough. <laughs> oh God! No, I've never seen that movie. You've never seen the Goonies. Never seen I Goonies. think you would actually no. guess who gets the first invite to Goonies Fest. <laughs> Goonies, Fest. Goonies Fest. Goonies Fest 2009. Rick's coming over, and he's going. I got better for this. Uh, <laughs> I could have died in peace. I'm sorry, Debbie. I can't be home tonight because uh, the boys are making me watch the Goonies. Goonies. <laughs> she would go with that. I know she would. That's that's why I like your wife. Yes. She understands. <laughs> Better than we do. Anyway, other things that hurt your Rick's soul. Um, yeah. Land of the Lost. We've got a whole category. <laughs> got a, in, in, got a, this, this 2009 summer tentpole flick, Yes, which <laughs> failed already. Uh, you came 19. out very positive in the review, and I said you were... You were I said I didn't hate it. And later you, oh, you didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I didn't it did love not cause it. What kind words? My eyes to bleed. I didn't leave. I might explain some <laughs> things about my writing of the review off the air. Okay. Uh, but uh, for the moment, let me... You s- consider a free ticket a pass? No, I no. do not. No, that is not, not true. That's true. That's true. That is not true because there are many movies where I still go, I really wish I had that two hours back. Yep. <laughs> um, I wish I had... But did. Land of the Lost, not one of those. I had, wish you had good about enough 90 time. Minutes I, back? I went with my brother. I sat next to Hooman sure. of uh, Alice, Alice yeah. and... Uh, and next to him was Phil Bronstein of the San Francisco Chronicle, the former Mr. Sharon Stone. So I felt, you know, I was... Oh, know, I thought it was the uh, sexual act Cognizanti. The Cognizanti. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I was with my bro, and we had an, hung out a while. And uh, we sat, and he had, uh, I think, strangely better memories of Land of the Lost than I did. And because uh, usually has memory like you. I, I seem to recall it being a terrible show. Has anyone in their adulthood watched Land of the Lost? A I classic seen, episode of Land of the Lost. I have seen several. I watched it almost religiously when it was originally in series. What I would say about my memory of it, it was, the, was that for a Sid and Marty Croft show, it was far less trippy than anything else they had done. In a, in that a, it seemed like they were trying to do something a little more straightforward and less whimsical. They were definitely trying to tell us a, a straight story without pratfalls or funny, funny, um, funny animal suits and it is it has actual historical significance because it was the first time uh for a for a media uh, how would i phrase this for a for a mass media or a popular media thing that someone uh created a language it actually predates klingon because klingon was actually created and klingon and vulcan were created for star trek the motion picture but pakuni the language of chaka Chaka. was created by a ucla linguist and those are interesting historical footnotes. Yes, they are. Was it a good show? <laughs> yes. And uh, I, I, you're just asking. I would say it was a good show because it had a, it had a good family character set that was not cloying and was not annoying. I mean, the little girl didn't always run off and get, get, into, trouble. get into trouble because she was curious and whatever. The older boy was 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 good, and the father was believable. And I do and recall cared believing about them as a family. He I believed he, them. he desperately wanted to protect his family in this environment. The stories themselves were engaging. They each one introduced a a or played with existing science fiction elements in this world that they were in. 
things like the pylons, things like the the slee stack and the evolution of the slee, or the de-evolution of the slee stack and the time traveling slee stack. I remember thinking that that was really a kind of a heady that concept. Was, that was pretty heavy for a Saturday morning that, that, cartoon that, show. That that one talking slee stack whose name totally escapes me. Yeah, I can't but remember. he was there working. And having discovered that this is what his people have and become. occasionally on their side and occasionally mm-hmm. not, yes, and, you know, gray areas. So, so you had you had a, but, a lot of good elements. To I'm going to say in. horrible special effects. Mm. Obviously, claymation dinosaurs, and and clearly it was one of the first shows that went. Yeah, there. I didn't have the f- the words. They're not in the same frame together. Well, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't know how sure. to describe. They would, but do, I knew uh, it was wrong. They, yes. It was a. It was definitely low budget. They they yeah. did the claymations for the long shots for the for the close up shots. They do some kind of puppeting where they 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 would move the heads of the dinosaurs in. And you couldn't see the whole bodies, and they moved really fast, and it didn't match up with the way you were seeing them in other scenes. So. Perhaps my young brain was fixated on those details because yeah. I remember watching it and thinking, this is a terrible show. And I, I remember being scared by the slee stack, though. The slee stack were creepy, and, and the, but there were, there were so many interesting elements like teleportation and time travel in the show. The families would, in, they would come against a new technology or a new mystery and have to play with it and figure out Although how it worked. Although somewhere in between seasons... The original father left. They had an uncle that came in. Was it? And that's where Oliver. I thought. Well, uncle, uncle Oliver. Oliver. Yes. He, yes. He, Robbie Risk guest starred as Uncle Oliver. And um, and I somehow missed where the logic was of that. It was just suddenly there and explained in the opening bit. You know, back back in those days, you know, they're, the producers just go, hey, it's just kids. Well, if I can, can give that little historical tidbit. the Yeah, exactly. Because the thing was, the designing of the Pakuni language was, each episode was designed to teach it, so if you watched it, kids would have picked up the 200-word Pakuni language and the grammar, except NBC showed it out of order. Oh, interesting. So, <laughs> they, so the linguist was trying really hard to actually see, can I create a language and teach children to speak it and do this? It was meant to be this experiment, and then, yeah, the vagaries of Saturday morning it's television such a totally fuck. screwed yeah. it up. So, so. Um, so all the things you loved about it are sort of there. I think the ad- the adventure stories would have worked without Will Ferrell if somebody else had played it. And why I was okay with it was I think Will Ferrell is funny. I think Danny McBride is funny. However, it's not Rick Marshall and yeah. Will. It's Danny McBride and Will Ferrell playing the characters they always play in the land of the lost. Yeah, Responding to those situations. Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell in any movie is too much of a look-at-me kind of guy. But... Having just watched the episode of Man vs. Wild, where Will Ferrell goes out with Bear Gryllis and spends 48 hours in a, in a little Arctic mountaintop oh, trying wow. to survive. Well, I, I saw the commercial and I was like, well, I don't usually like Will Ferrell, but I'd, I'd like to see Will He's Ferrell stuck die. in a mountain range <laughs> for 48 hours. <laughs> okay. just, you know. So what are you going to say here? Uh, new respect for Will Ferrell. I was like, wow. Well, that guy... I mean, did something, you know, it probably scared him to death and wasn't in his comfort zone. And he did. And I'd say and for people that don't like Will Ferrell, it's just a, you see Stranger Than Fiction, where he's very subtle. He's definitely acting. And I think there's a great, there's a, and not a, I mean, I shouldn't say great, there's a good dramatic actor in Will Ferrell. Yeah. And nobody's tapping into that right now because sure. they're making too much money making Will Ferrell movies. Except I think it's going to come down, he's going to come down to being kind of like, uh, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Bill Murray? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Jerry Lewis. Your mom? So Jerry Lewis really depended on if the, if the director could control him mm. as to whether or not he was putting out a good movie or not. 
and then he didn't let anybody direct him but himself. So exactly, that's when it, he got yes. more popular, mostly Billy Stan. Well, and Will Ferrell does tend to work with his friends. That that, yeah. that is true. This is Brad Silberling, not really uh, one of Will Ferrell's cronies, but uh, but a decent director. The action works. There is a there is a cameo from Leonard Nimoy, which surprised the heck out of me as wow. one of the, one of the sleaze stack, and. Um, but it, yeah, it keeps going from the interesting kind of oh, that's sort of how I remember Land of the Lost, not the way it actually was, but actually you know okay, that makes more sense. That's interestingly to describe blah blah blah, and then and let's take a moment for ten minutes of let's take ten minutes for Will Ferrell and Danny McBride and Jorma Taconi of Lonely Island, Andy Samberg's group that does the in a box uh, or in my pants yeah. and. Mm-hmm. In a box. That's yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> on a box. Because when you see them on on the net, it's always D asterisk asterisk asterisk. Sure. So, you don't right. know what those words are. I don't. I can explain it to you later. Don't it in a box? Exactly. Close. I would totally. That makes wrong sex. Oh, what? Let's move anyway. Jomar um, Tacony is Pac is uh, Chaka, so it's just kind of you yeah. know it just gets bizarre, and some of it's funny, and some of it's not. But I think if they had used if they kept the family unit the way it was, instead it's it's three adults so that you can have a romance because you got to have a romance in a yeah. big screen. And uh, however, it had uh, a similar line of dialogue. I'll say uh, off the, off the air that uh, appeared in another movie this summer that you and I saw together, Angel, the Angels and Demons. It reminded me why I hated the Angels and Demons. <laughs> so okay. It was like, um, so yeah, but it didn't do well. So I think that's kind of we're not going to see a Land of the Lost two, but wisely enough, it didn't set. But one we're going to see Hangover two. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, we are, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like that all that much, mm-hmm. but, you know, whatever. So let's move over to, to a second season. Let's go to television okay. and talk about a series that's coming on June 14th, Sunday night. <sighs> yes. And Stephanie's going to speak. Here we go. Okay, ready? True Blood. Stephanie, Yay. go. Well, I think... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, I know Sorry. that the second season starts off... Like, fairly close where the first season ended. You know, you have the dead body it in the car. It was a cliffhanger, yes. Yeah, yeah. Dead body they in the car. They always ending cliffhangers. Uh, yes. Yeah. But um, there's going to be more uh, Suki and Bill mm-hmm. uh, difficulties, and Eric is trying to get into that threesome. And I Which one was Eric? Is that the Eric is the tall Viking one. Alexander Skarsgård, the son yeah. of character actor Stellan Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that. He's a blonde god. He's who I thought should have played yeah, Thor. Yeah, he is. He's who I thought should have played Thor. I'm okay with the other guy, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I know they're going to. Uh, they have another character. I think Marianne. She's going to be another supernatural. Like mm-hmm. they're going to introduce more shifters. I think. And I know that uh, they're like minor spoilers. Like it's going to be like sexier and more graphic on the violence. Because that's what I think when I watch that show. I'm enjoying it, yeah. but I need it It's sexier. on HBO. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, know, that was, that, that was you said that ironically, but I was actually thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I only watched the first. I was thinking it was sexy enough. I really was. I was, I was okay with the Oh, level. no, it gets worse. There's three orgies, at least, from what I heard. And wow. I, I don't think yeah. worse is the right word you're talking about. <laughs> Shush. I don't think that means it. I don't know. I, I watched the first episode on demand because I had uh, mm-hmm. rec- only recently got HBO, so I was catching up. And, uh, you know... The the sex scenes in the first episode were shot in a way that I thought 
it's thought to be a lot more uh, titillating than it actually mm-hmm. is. In fact, it's kind of disturbing. They were awkward. So yeah. you want Uh-oh. more as well. Well, so that's two to later one. in the season they get shot a little better. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would agree mm-hmm. with you. The first uh, first episode, but I think that so like, was. I really don't want to see what goes on in trailer parks. I really don't. Well, mm-hmm. I think well, that's the kind of that's sort of the bondage thing too. I mean, yeah. it? And that's and so it speaks high. You know, I shouldn't say high. It, you and I. That's not our tastes. Uh-huh. Whereas I love van porn. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like Van Porn. I'm no, just no, no. Saying you I, were going there. I, don't, I, don't uh, sugarcoat I, it. I did like Anna Paquin's character. I did like her interactions with people, the whole telepathy thing, and mm-hmm. the kind of matter-of-fact way in which she handled it and her friends knowing about it and the relationships already having to get established. So it looks like, I mean, I imagine it's a uh, fairly nice series. So you're going to try and catch yeah. up? I am. You're going to try and catch up for, in time for Sunday? Uh, no. Okay. That's, well, not that's fair. Mm-hmm. As we know, Rick will give anything eight episodes. That's. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Including Torchwood, which is coming back in a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, they've only got five episodes yeah. left. Is that just end. for this season? <coughs> that's, that's it, as that's, far as we know. As far as they know they're right now. They're showing it all in a week. They're showing yeah. it all well, week. Technically, half the cast is already dead. So. It's an experiment. Yeah. It is an experiment. They're going to see if this is successful. Then, then one, it's a new way of show of for the BBC to do things. And if it works, then they want to see if they, if they have another Torchwood story to tell. Then they would. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. They had kind of an extended preview of this during uh, Primeval. And ah, okay. there so was this. There was a scene with Gwen. That looked like it was out of the Blair Witch Project, where she's talking about, I'm leaving this message in case uh, anyone uh, ever yes, gets I it. Yes, I saw that trailer, like, yeah. Whoa, yeah, that looked really dark. And then the uh, the children look really creepy, but it, it looks just like uh, Village of the Damned, you know, the, the, the kids in that. Yeah. You know. I don't think it's going to be that blunt a, re- a ripoff. Is, is Tenet appearing in this one? I know he's appearing in a host of things coming <laughs> up, but is he, like is he in Tenet is not appearing in Shocking. Torchwood. <laughs> oh, unless that's the greatest secret they've been holding back and it's like, wow. And, and then he comes and I'll go, <laughs> He turns him into the face of Bo. <gasps> <gasps> Michael, that's brilliant. Sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, um, <laughs> Tenet is not. However, to say, as we know, we are approaching the end. There's, an, uh, there's a couple of things going on with Doctor Who and the, and the other Doctor Who. So the, the torture thing, five nights in a row, and showing in the United States, like within hours of the broadcast on. Oh, really? Uh, they finally get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I mean, it's ridiculous that BBC America finally got the rights to this last season of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but they're still showing it like they're going to be parsing it out. It's like, hi, the people that really, yeah, really like, want to see it just want to write them a have letter. seen it. <laughs> have, you go- have you walked into any science fiction convention in America? And you see anybody raving about season two? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're current people. We're, in fact, buying. If you look, oh, look at that DVD. On the, you know, so um, there, I've, I've blown the secret. It's the open secret. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, what, uh, it's, it's, as uh, Stephanie was, about, was saying there is that she is that uh, David Tennant is going to be in the Sarah Jane Oh, they're bringing Chronicles. Sarah Jane back? The Sarah, Sarah Jane, Jane Adventures okay. or the Sarah Jane Chronicles. Chronicles. She's Chronicles. having a wedding episode and he's going to appear. Or is it Adventures? That's on its so I think it's SJ. Yeah, I think so it's yeah, on Sarah Jane I haven't Adventures. watched any of those. So Wait, I need, she's so, getting married? Which is exciting because then I get to actually go back and catch up on this. And oh. Like a whole feel yeah. like I'm dealing in the Doctor Who-verse 
Uh, yeah, so oh, wedding episode, and uh, and David Tennant, the doctor, shows up uh, in in that. They're doing an animated episode like the um, what was that? Infinite yeah, that Quest. one. The Infinite Quest that had Damn. Anthony Stewart Head as the villain. Yes. Um, so they're doing an which animated, was a pretty good ep- animated episode. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they so they'll have uh, that. So one more animated episode. And rumor, rumor is that, and the BBC is crunching the numbers that they want to make a film. Hmm. Hmm. And if they make a film with it, would be with Tenet. Uh. Now, there is an interesting thing that is now coming out about C- about the Eleventh Doctor. Uh, of uh, it's got a Matt very, Smith. very Matt big Smith, forehead. The is man you and Matt Smith, the man with the big forehead. And hair. Is that they're going to uh, experiment that um, they're going to split the season in half for that. So oh while some of the what the hell does that mean? Some of the things that they're, they're going to pull off. Some of the things they're going that they said is like why they didn't want to go with David Tennant was he wanted another break so he could go off and do other things. And now they're going to say five episodes or six episodes of Doctor Who's next season, and then they're going to take a six-month break and do and show the the last the back half. So yes, they're pulling a loss, but with fewer episodes in the first place because Doctor Who is only t- twelve to thirteen right. episodes per season. Yeah, so yeah, I'm okay with that. Well, but I think if that's one of when the, the British do it, I think it's cute. Like, oh, look, yeah. they broke up their season. A little six yeah, here, six it's, there. It's not. To, it's not. Yeah. When Lost does it, it just pisses well, me. Well, one off. of the reasons that they may do it is because the World Cup will be next summer, and the lowest rated episodes of Doctor Who were up against the last World Cup. Uh, so they just, Doctor Who fans, huge sports nuts. Well, it's in England, everybody mm-hmm. is. So they know who Beckham is over there. Who? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that's the guy that bends it. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. And you mentioned Primeval. Yeah. So you're watching that. Yes, I've watched the first three episodes of the uh, new season. Um, they're taking that show some interesting places with respect to how they're playing with time travel and how they're playing with knowing about the future and what can you do about it and who you think is a villain and who may not be a villain. Uh, the critters they've had this season have been kind of it more a little more interesting, not just like these rampaging uh, mm-hmm. dinosaur. You know, they've been. Can I hurt your soul again? Okay. Akiva Goldsman, producer and screenwriter of Angels and Demons, uh-huh. and Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Okay. Uh, is going to write and produce a big screen Americanized version of Primeval. Fail. Okay. Epically. Epic. Hmm. All right. Just thought it's like I, I mean. Uh, I thought I'd take a shot, see if I see if it's stuck and hurt. This this show is <laughs> make no cold mistake. and cruel of you. Well, make, it's like you know there were people saying Matthew McConaughey is Captain America hurt my soul. I'm gonna no, no, no. you got to make. He's no, already uh, he's already signed on Aquaman. No mistake about the you fact. Suck. I'm gonna say this eventually. <laughs> make no mistake. This thing is cotton candy. I mean, you you go in there. It is. It doesn't have. It's not deep. They've got some good characterizations. They've got a nice little gimmick going where they can introduce the monster of the week. Um, but it's, it's a it's fun, fun show. It's fun, but I don't feel myself doing nearly as interesting stuff wrapped with up it. as like with Doctor Who. I, no. I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to start watching one show tonight, Rick. I'm going to watch uh, either Primeval, okay, Fringe, Fringe, or, or Dollhouse. Fringe, Fringe. Fringe out of that three, I should start with. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because the problem with Primeval. No, 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 I don't care. No, I, <laughs> I, I, when I watched Primeval, I thought the the thing is that it's it's a, it's an anti Goodson show because it doesn't get it's good. Deep. 
And actually, you could start literally with the sixth episode, yeah. and it's good from yeah. there on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> One through five is formula of the week. Formula, 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 yeah, formula. It's it's not and it's to be fair, I think it's almost like they did a kid's show, but the producer really wanted to give the kids nightmares. You know, it's And like, then episode six goes, bang, here's the premise, here's, and here's what's, here's really, what's going really going on. on. And then yeah. from, from then on, it's like, and oh, that's go, kind of interesting. That is kind of, it's, not just, it's not just this. It's not just holes in space. It's not yeah. just uh, things popping in and we have to deal with. Now we yeah. can actually go and check things out. So, mm-hmm. And um, this is Fringe we're talking about? No, no this, this is, is Primeval. Primeval. Okay. But Fringe, Fringe from the beginning is Fringe freaky. Is an, yeah, okay. yeah, but you're going to love Fringe. You are going to love Fringe. Ooh, I don't know. It's hard to predict. It's so hard no, to predict. He's going to, he's going to love the father. Now, yes, yes, I will go with that. That is a character you are going to love. He's Yay, me! Played by an actor from Lord of the Rings who survived the giant spider. Sure. Uh, was he one of the Goonies as well? No, he was no, not he was one of the Goonies. Goonies. Uh, but I want to mention that the Lord of the Rings thing because uh, it has been announced that uh, at Comic-Con this summer, Peter Jackson is making his first, and I can't believe this is, his first ever appearance at Comic-Con. If well, Lord the, of the Rings wasn't a comic, so I don't know why he would be there. Well, they had big Before Lord of the Rings presentations no, every year. Yeah. Ian McKellen was, I know, but he was. Wasn't yeah. he busy in New Zealand all the other years? All, the, all the other years, yes. So I, I can't remember which film it is. He's, he's producing something. It's not even because he's directing it. It's just he's coming out to to. This is not Hobbit. I, I predict no. he just wanted to go to Comic Con and, and it was sold out. So they said, "Hey, how, what if I show up? Can I get in?" Then <laughs> that may be. I mean, yeah. it's funny that they uh, they announced it after that. Yeah, and uh, and the rumor is also James Cameron is going to come with the Avatar. I know him. You know who James Cameron is. So yeah. I think that uh, I'm not sure, but that may also be James Cameron's James Cameron's first appearance mm. at Comic Con. Um. I sense that it's getting a little later. There's one little shout I want to go uh, to 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 friends of Fanboy Planet <coughs> that uh, if you noticed that is but Earth Two, which I podcast out of uh, one show every year uh, after Comic Con. That, that's not our Earth, right? We're Earth Zero. We're Earth. We're I think we're still Earth Prime, okay. but the but the comic book shop Earth Two oh. in Sherman Oaks. Oh, I thought uh, you podcast. I go there. I, I podcast. I do. I wish only if only I could go to a parallel Earth. <laughs> Where you've got a goatee. It <laughs> uh, could happen. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I podcast with Car D'Angelo. Uh, they op- they're having the grand opening this weekend uh, with a new uh, location, a second store in Northridge. Why it is notable, not just because, wow, a comic book store doing well enough that you can build another, uh, uh, open another location, but they got a new co-owner, Jeff Johns. Oh, I know him. Wow. Has bought into Earth 2. So uh, Jeff Johns has turned comic book store owner. Uh, they better stock in, in the city is that few in? weeks in Northridge. Where's so the first Southern one is in California? Sherman Oaks in Southern California in Northridge. Uh, yeah, if you're down in that area, you you know of it. It's an so you go there and if you buy a Jeff Johns books, you get it signed on Saturday. And I don't know if this podcast will be up in time, but on Saturday, <laughs> Jeff Johns will be working the register from opening to closing. Oh, that's cool. And uh, James Robinson's coming in to be he's stock boy. He's going to be boy. terrible. So uh, yeah, he's right, go, right. I don't know. It's a Marvel book. There's um, seven <laughs> seven comics here. Let's say seventy five cents. Yeah, uh, yeah whatever. Uh, no, I'm sure. Anyway, so it's kind of cool that uh, so so maybe this year's podcast for, from Earth Two will include Jeff Johns. That'd know. be cool. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about other things besides his own comics. Mostly complaining about you guys loitering. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't the library. Get out of my comic, Michelle. (laughs) 
I don't know. And if it's really just, you know, yeah. So we'll see what what happens Were there. You ca- talk about that DVD. Oh yeah, and uh, because it's a follow up from Supercon, which I'm catching up with the photos and stuff. But at Supercon, I uh, got a chance to sit down with John Stanley, who had been uh, host for Bay Area people of uh, Creature Features, the Bay Area edition of Creature Features, which I guess there've been several shows. Uh, started by Bob Wilkins on Channel Two KTVU, a beloved show of the '70s and early '80s. First hosted by Bob Wilkins, then hosted by John Stanley. Kind of the last of a breed of uh, ideas. We don't need pre VCR TV, right? Movie watching. Uh, So he gave me a copy of this DVD uh, called uh, "Watch Horror Films Keep America Strong." It's a documentary about the history of uh, of creature features, which apparently is doing quite well nationwide as a DVD because it's kind of like even though it's about the Bay Area edition, it's kind of it makes people nostalgic for that. Let's you know make appointment TV. There are a lot of stars in that thing. Yeah, a you know what I what I what I absolutely loved about this was you know, among the weird little things they did because there's all kinds of weird little creepy creepy features in there. You know, like short films. First place that Hardware Wars was shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know um, the Star Wars and the Star Wars parody, parody by Ernie Vesalius. And I kind of forgotten that that was sort of you know how funny Bob Wilkins, the original host, was. But in there, there's like a I don't if you caught this like a two minute. A very, very, very young Penn and Teller, yes, doing their act. That was amazing. Hmm. And I've never, I you know, I, Penn looks kind of the same, but Teller has a big fro. Yeah, <laughs> it's like hair down to here. He looks like Jesus in Godspell, Victor yes. Carper in Godspell, and I was just like, what? <laughs> so it was just kind of see them in that. And I guess they're San Francisco street. Yeah, street artist phase, and I'd never seen anything of them that young. Huh. Uh, Leonard Nimoy's in there, Christopher Lee, uh, you know. So there's little snippets of a lot of different interviews that they did, and uh, it's really cool. If you're in the Bay, if you grew up in the Bay Area, I, think, I did. Yeah. And sometimes you tune in for that show just because you heard Nimoy's going to be on. You know, you, you, yeah, you, they, not for the movie or anything, yeah. just for the the, the time has kind of passed. You say because it's pre VCR, it was pre VCR. Now, of course, you've got whole channels. There's a horror film channel. Yeah, but when you only had this chance on the weekends to watch Channel Two creature features, Channel Forty Four had a monster movie in the afternoon. I, I think there's and, there have been some descendants of this. Uh, I, I would definitely say Mystery Science Theater Theater was one. Making fun throughout, yeah. And then uh, another local, I think it's local, Mr. Lobo. Mr. Lobo's trying to hang on, and he's on the second disc. I don't know if you watched that, that he put together some other footage of Bob Wilkins and talking about his Sacramento days. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I'm thinking, man, we should try to talk to Mr. Lobo, too, because he's trying to hold on and do that as the horror film host. It's kind of an era gone by, but... He might be at Silicon. It it was a good nostalgic thing for us, and uh, so I wanted to Rick, he enjoyed it. It. I did. It and, made me uh, nostalgic and sad. I don't know if you're. Do you? Are you old enough, honestly, to remember watching? I can remember watching Hardware Wars. I was more of a uh, kids' television at that point. Probably, probably. I, Hardware Wars must have been shown on Cap- Captain Cosmic at some point. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, so Stephanie, have anything else to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Succinct. I love it. <laughs> this, yeah, this is the point of the end where we go, well, we're hungry. Let's go eat. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I uh, if you have any questions, comments, complaints, commentary, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you're worried about MC Stardust stealing my thunder, let me know. 
All if right. you know who MC Stardust is. If you is. know who he I is. Uh, you make me nervous. <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, so I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Michael Goodson. Stephanie Rodriguez. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. Yeah. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Hi, this is Julie Caitlin Brown, Natoth from Babylon 5. You'll be seeing me this fall in All About Evil and my short film, Thoughts of Suicide, on an otherwise lovely day. Remember, use your powers only for good. (laughs) He doesn't know what he's doing. Don't point fingers at me. It's fun to watch her reaction. She's, like, like, huh? she's trying to take stage direction. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. Okay. You're not the pantomime, man. I'm going to cut all this out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to save you some effort. I'm Fuck. sorry. That's okay. Rarely thoughtful. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Stephanie Rodriguez. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for good. Good, good night, Steve.